0: Blog talk radio. Hello and welcome to Gigabit Nation, Broadband Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig Settles, and I want to thank everyone in the audience for taking time to be with us today. Our mission is to provide information to help public, private, and nonprofit organizations get better, faster broadband everywhere it needs to be. We have today Uh, a a fine cast of characters in uh, talking about the recent um, demo day in Chattanooga. And for those who haven't been following, um, there's a program they have in Chattanooga called Gig Tank, which brings together seven startup teams, each with very interesting products and services, and over a three-month time prepares and fine-tunes their uh, their products, their marketing, their business plan, and so forth. And then uh, at the end of the program, the the graduation, if you will, was um, what day we got Thursday, Tuesday uh, in in Chattanooga when all of these startups presented their um, their their program, their product, and so forth. And for most of them, also made a pitch for uh, for angel investment. Uh, I had become rather um, Impressed with the Gig Tank program in large part because of how it's run, how it brings folks together, but also the output um, is, is very um, commendable in terms of the qualities of companies and the experiences that they have while they're in this program in, in Chattanooga. And you know, we have a lot of discussions on the show about you know the, the 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 hows and whys of building gigabit infrastructure but we're always grappling with the question well what do you do with a gig how does it make sense you know for a community to have a gig and what's really interesting here uh, you know sitting through uh, demo day was looking at what's possible what you can create what kind of innovation that you can uh, come up with when you have Almost no limits on the amount of speed, uh, internet access speed that you have to work with. So we're going to talk to uh, to some of these folks. I'm going to just go down and, and list um, the companies. Not all seven of them are are with us, but uh, we will uh, we we will talk to the folks that are here. Um, we have uh, Shane Woods, who's with Forward Health. Uh, And they use uh, their service uses available APIs to integrate popular wellness apps and trackers into a uh, simple UI to manage preventative healthcare uh, activities. Uh, There's um, Ivan Dregov. I'm totally killing this man's name, and I'm so sorry uh, from Hutgrip. And they have a cloud-based SaaS service that helps. Uh, manufacturers reduce production downtime and improve their uh, their processes. We um, also have uh, with us today Joshua Goldberg, who's with a startup called WeCouncil, and this is a uh, HIPAA-compliant cloud-based platform that connects mental health professionals to their clients and colleagues online. And um, if we're lucky, we have one one uh, company person in transit, and he might join us later, Sam Bowen from tidbit and uh, there is also another interesting project that makes um, makes it easy for those within organizations to capture information and publish training content for employees, customers, and partners via mobile devices and last on our lineup, but far from least is the man with the plan. Sheldon Grizzle, and Sheldon is the guy, the brains behind this whole Gig Tank, uh, what I call summer camp for gig geeks, and um, and he's done a really impressive job. Like I said, this is the second year for the show. I want to welcome all of you folks here to uh, to Gigabit Nation today. Welcome. Thanks.
1: It's great to be here, Craig. Yeah.
0: So I think. Thanks, Craig. We...
1: Thanks,
0: Craig. Excellent. I think we just had a caller in uh, from the 678 uh, area code. Do we have a caller on the line, or is this another gig tank company?
2: Uh, this is uh, Sam from Tidbit.
0: Ah, excellent. You've made it. Good to- welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. So so let's start. I'm going to start with uh, Sheldon, because I want Sheldon to give our audience um, a, a, an overview of how the gig tank program uh, runs because I believe that what they're doing in Chattanooga uh, can be done in other communities. Maybe not exactly uh, the same way, but I think the core of how this program is put together is definitely something that, that can be replicated. So, Sheldon, let's start with you know the mechanics. How is this structured? How do you run the program? And then we'll talk in a little bit about changes in this year from last year. Yeah, sure.
1: Well, I think first of all, it's important to note that we do have a gigabit infrastructure here in Chattanooga, and that is certainly one of the most uh, unique things that are that, that differentiates Chattanooga from most other communities in the world and certainly in the United States. Um, maybe even more important than that pure gigabit fiber to the home speed um, is that it's ubiquitous. So every single home and business, in a 600-square-mile area of Chattanooga is connected to super high, ultra-fast uh, Internet speeds. And, and so what's interesting about that is it creates an environment where you no longer have to think about bandwidth being a barrier. So you know, a lot of times people talk about real-time updating or connected devices. Um, and and we, the, the world is now become is now proliferating more and more of these connected devices. And in that world, you're going to need more access to broadband. And whether it's um, wireless or wired, um, you know, I, we don't really draw a distinction for gig tank. But what we do know is that there's going to need to be more access to, to bandwidth. And so that's really the foundation on which we built this program, Gig Tank. Um, you know, how can you how can you leverage a community, a, a, a truly connected city, to build businesses um, that that will be, you know, more like what we'll see in the next few years? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the that's that's kind of the foundation on which we're we're operating. Right. Um, <clears throat> Beyond that, so so once we have that infrastructure in place, um, an entrepreneur like myself sees that infrastructure and says, "Hey, uh, this is interesting. This is a differentiator. You know, entrepreneurs are always looking for differentiators, um, and we as a community should be thinking entrepreneurially. So why don't we figure out a way to leverage this?" And so that's that's how um, us and a, another group called the Lamp Post Group came together and And it was initially their idea, and they're like, "Hey, what if we had a some kind of competition where we we tried to get these innovators in, into the town of Chattanooga creating ideas about connectivity and high speed uh internet and and so that's that's the birthplace of it um From there, we spend a lot of our time leading up to gig tank, which is a three month program, um kind of getting the word out and and we, we travel to conferences, we speak, we do advertising and marketing. Um, we do a, a lot of uh, interviews with press like like you, Craig, and and really just tell people the, about the asset of the, the gigabit infrastructure that we have and the uniqueness of it and the kind of community that we have that's building up around it and the kind of partners that we've been able to attract like Alcatel Lucent and NG Connect and Mozilla and Blue Cross Blue Shield and, and many other wonderful partners that help bring this this program together. And I think it's been um, I think it, it, you know obviously we had seven great teams here this summer, so um, there's there's a lot of demand from from good quality, very bright entrepreneurial thinkers and doers to to come to this city for three months and and figure out if they can build a business that, that, that's based on, you know, ubiquitous connectivity. Mm-hmm. So, so once once they're actually here in Chattanooga, then we spend three months with them trying to help them um, get their product introduced into the marketplace. So we spend um, an enormous amount, of, about the first month and a half, just trying to get them plugged into trying to get them plugged into customers and pilot projects and stuff like that. And, uh, and then the last month and a half of the program, trying to help them tell the story about their interactions with the customers and what they've learned and and how that impacts their financials. and, um, And, and then if they're going out to raise money, help them tell that story to investors. And then we wrap it all up with demo day, which, which happened just this past Tuesday. And we brought um, almost 400 people into that auditorium that day, um, about a third of those were investors, um, about another third of those were community leaders, and another, I don't know, third were entrepreneurs um, or, or potential customers for these, these uh, new startups. And so they just get to tell their story. And oh, another awesome thing about Demo Day was we had Bob Metcalf, the inventor of Ethernet, who I'm sure all of your listeners know about, um, mm-hmm. who who did an in- on stage interview and talked about you know his his experience and his his background in Ethernet and um, and what his vision for the future might be for connected cities. So that, that's kind of the program in a nutshell. Um, and and now the entrepreneurs have the really hard work ahead of them. And that's that's building a real business, so, mm-hmm. so we kind of hand it on to them completely now and and we'll we'll support them as much as we can, but it's up to them to to really make it happen now mhm,
0: now you had something of a uh an application process right they uh where 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 folks applied with their ideas and you selected from that pool of applicants right, you are correct, yeah, so uh we opened
1: the application period in january of uh this past year. And we closed it in April um, this year. For gearing up for next year's program, we'll we'll open it even even earlier than that, probably in November or December, and and close it around the same time. So, um, so it, it's it's really great. We had over 200 applicants this year for the program um, combined between the specialists and the startups, um, and and we narrowed it down to our top seven entrepreneurial teams and our top 13 individual specialists. And Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't touch on the specialists a minute ago. Um, The specialists came in as individuals who are themselves very entrepreneurial, but maybe they don't have a specific idea that they're working on, but um, they all have had different skill sets. Some were developers, some were designers, some were uh, data scientists, some were photographers. And we just put them all in the same room with the teams, and kind of let them self-select into into different groups. And, and so some of them joined teams and became uh, part of the teams. Some of them kind of helped several teams. And another really cool thing that happened was we had two specialists that created a new team, and that was something that we hoped for, but you you can't make happen. So mm-hmm. it was really it was really neat to see that uh, kind of collaborative spirit come together. On the fly, and by the end of the program have a new company that didn't exist you know uh
3: eighty days prior wow that's
0: <laughs> that that is pretty impressive i mean this whole this whole process is is pretty important now do you you let the um, the the teams' uh go completely ad hoc, you know, however they go, where they go is, is, you know, kind of up to them, or is it a guided process that you you put them through?
1: Uh, it's a little of both. I mean, and, and that's the startup world. You, you kind of have a vision of where you want to go, but the road to get there is not always very clear. And right. So, for, you know, so, for example, the goal for all of these these teams was to have a real business, <laughs> You know, one that mm-hmm. that can pay its employees and sell a product into the marketplace with, with a something that actually solves a problem that people are willing to pay for.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And
1: and so like like I said earlier, we had a we have a general outline of, you know, the first thirty to sixty days, they're they're all about customer driven development. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out their business model and that includes getting feedback from your market about your your either the product that you already have or the product you're going to create. And so prototyping that product up, and even if it's in a presentation format or a, a keynote or um, a really rough beta uh, app, um, and getting that in front of the people that you want to sell it to and letting them um, kind of guide you and direct you. You know, I wouldn't use that because of this, and or I would mm-hmm. use it because of that. And, and then trying to get a sense of pricing and, um, and, and your competition and all that stuff. So The first half of the program really is all about customers and getting feedback and then the second half of the program is much more about um, you know, packaging it up and telling the story of, of that product, of that service that you're going to be offering or that you are offering. And, and obviously, they have to be building the go-to-market product during this whole time, too. Um, so that's a, that's a continual and iterative process. So the teams need to be really, really solid so that they can divide and conquer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some, one, of, one of the team members is focused on the technology and somebody else on the design and somebody else on the business. And, um, and, and, and if you can do that and if you can balance that well then then you're going to be much more successful than if you just have two developers who are just coding the whole time and nobody mm-hmm. focused on the business aspect so we were really blessed this year and it was very intentional too that we picked teams that were very well rounded with um you know a, a business mindset a design uh a design mindset, and a technical mindset um and he put that together and he got a really powerful
0: team mhm. Now, before we, uh, before I introduce the the individuals who are here in in the room with you and online with us, um, you um, probably have a good handle on, you know, what is what what is the key are the key metrics or the key factors that have led to your success. But if you were to advise other communities, now realizing that every community is different and their appeal and who they're going to want to bring into a program like this is different, but if you had to give, say, two key points of guidance, how a community, even if they just have fiber, they may not have a gigabit capacity, it may not be city-wide yet or whatever, but what are one, uh, you know, two things that a community can do to put together a similar kind of program with a similar kind of environment?
1: yeah I think that's a great question we get I actually get that a lot but um I never asked to sum it up in two points so i'll I'll see if I can do that um two the, i think the two that come to mind immediately um that that we did one was you know every community has to have a champion and i I just happened to be that early champion five years ago that Started working on building the entrepreneurial community of Chattanooga, um, and, or, or trying to pull together the pieces that would be necessary for having a good entrepreneurial community. Um, so identifying a champion is is so critical to pulling these kinds of programs together, or to to begin to in, um, you know create an ecosystem that is more supportive of entrepreneurs. Um and the other a, a thing to remember there is it's not always the person that you think it is think it would be and you know, th- these don't have to be people that have had 100 million dollar exits you know I, I was literally a failed entrepreneur when i got into this whole um entrepreneurs supporting entrepreneurs um thing which eventually became collab um and collab now runs big tank so mm-hmm. um so I, finding that champion who can be passionate, who's an entrepreneur themselves, whether or not they're super successful or not, doesn't always matter. Um, but you do need, if, if they're not a super successful person, um, you know, on the, if they haven't had that massive exit and have their own credibility, then surrounding them with people that do have a lot of credibility in the community is key. Um, another key thing is, um, understanding what your community's differentiators are. And so Chattanooga, we've, we've got a gigabit fiber infrastructure. That is a unique differentiator that that only a couple other cities in America have, and there's no other city the size of Chattanooga that has it. And so that is clearly a, a unique advantage that we need to take advantage of. And, and so every, every community in the U.S. has. Um, Has something to offer and assets that they can build upon, and so I think it's really important for them to to understand that they're they're not going to be the next Silicon Valley. You you know, it took 50 or 75 years for that to to be created. You can't just do that overnight, and, and certainly not um, just in a few years. So, uh, and that's not what we're trying to do here. We're, we're just trying to grow it from the ground up and make good decisions with, with long-term focus in mind and then from there, you know, just just try to keep working hard and identifying people like uh, Ivan and Joshua and, and Sam to be in Chattanooga and work on starting businesses here and if they decide to stay, it's awesome and if not, that's okay. They can go back to wherever they're from. and. Talk about how awesome Chattanooga is and, uh, so that that's kind of a, you know my my two cents on is identifying a champion um, and and leveraging unique assets in the community
0: mhm now we'll we'll come back to you in a, in, a, in, a, in a minute, Sheldon I want to now go around and and meet some of the folks here or how our audience meets some of the folks here I actually met all these people I was in uh for those who didn't know i I was in Chattanooga Ford for demo day. And uh, having done this uh, two years in a row, I have to say there's not anything I have experienced quite like watching the the folks who have completed demo day both give their 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 demo at the you know before all the hundreds of people, and also how they kind of let it all hang out after it's over when all the pressure and stress of this like three m- month uh, journey has ended. And it's, it's definitely something to behold. I will, I will say that. Let's start with, um, uh, with Shane, with Shane Woods and, you know, give us a, a, a shorter than your demo presentation, sort of overview of, you know, what's your product, what's the market and, um, you know, and what do you expect to be your key to success?
3: Well, sure. Well, thank you uh, so much, Craig, for having me and, uh, uh, really appreciate that. Uh, well, what Ford Health is? Ford Health connects um, your healthcare team, whom we define to be your employer, uh, insurance carrier, and uh, care providers such as doctors, nurses, and trainers, uh, to the wellness apps and devices uh, that you use each and every single day. So, um, I wear Nike Plus uh, constantly. Uh, you know, many of your your listeners might be uh, wearing similar. Uh, devices or perhaps uh, have uh, wellness apps or fitness apps on their phone like RunKeeper. All we do is we take that information that is not getting uh, to that healthcare team that I just uh, defined, and we we close that communication gap. So currently what the market looks like is healthcare in the United States, the costs are currently uh, over a trillion annually with 88% of that uh- tri- attributed to uh cost of care, and so we're attacking that eighty eight percent and um sort of our secret sauce is of course our algorithms and our formulas and uh just our, our method to uh to attacking this issue uh really um there are no rules and and we kind of suspend that and uh there is there's kind of an interesting quote that uh Thomas Edison uh, used to say uh that there's uh you know when you're inventing or when you're innovating uh there are no rules and so we take that approach uh with us each and every single day uh, into the office
0: mm-hmm. excellent excellent um and i should also mention sort of on a uh sort of a side note uh shane definitely had one of the more entertaining uh demo presentations uh complete with <laughs> fist pumps and and, and and your and your dad had an interesting comment about that. We were Shane and I were talking earlier today, and uh, <laughs> we, we want to show like the other side of our entrepreneurs here, not just their business side. So, what was your dad's take on on this whole thing?
3: Right, I, well, Craig, man, I can't believe you're bringing this up. Well, uh, <laughs> actually, my my uh, my dad when he when he saw me fist pump on stage, uh, getting just a little too excited for for healthcare, for, perhaps. Um, uh, he actually uh, uh, turned to some folks who, who looked at him, and he was just like, "No, this he gets this all from his mother." So <laughs> if, if you uh, ever have a chance to meet her, she is a box of firecrackers. She is, she's great.
0: Awesome, awesome. Next, let's move in. Uh, let's get um, Ivan uh, your um, your uh, service. And uh, Ivan is from uh, Bulgaria, which actually I, I'm pretty awed by because it's a long journey. Uh, to spend you know three months with folks you've never met before and hang out and creating this awesome team. He also had two two um, uh, of your fellow country folk with you as well, so it wasn't just you. But that that was pretty impressive in my book to have made this this journey from so far. But what is what is Hut grip and and why should manufacturers care about this?
4: <laughs> if they want to improve something, they should care about HutGrip grip because what we do is to help them improve the whole process to be more efficient and to reduce downtime. Because, you know, every every second they do not produce, they are losing time and money. So this Mm is so simple and so effective. So we have the solution and we can help them. Now
0: yesterday, I had uh a gentleman on, and we our whole show was devoted to machine to machine uh technology so number one, our listeners today can go back and pull that up from yesterday to to get uh you know a lot of the details of what this all means. but your product ivan uh relies fairly heavily on machine to machine technology right uh actually
4: machine to machine technology is a part of our project. It's more like artificial intelligence and uh, data analytics, because in the real environment, uh, a single production line gen- could generate tons of data, which means mm-hmm. you can measure thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of uh, things, literally. Mm-hmm. And uh, The next question is, what should you do with all these data? How can you handle these data? What's important in these data? And uh, this is exactly our value proposition. We can interpret this data for the manufacturers. We can make the understanding of the process and the whole data much more easy for them. And machine-to-machine learning is a part because we can also make the whole system um, separated in a small subsystem so they can communicate with each other. They can work uh, um, separately but uh, in together. And as a result, everything is uh, more optimized. And even if, well, this is not the situation here in Chattanooga with the fiber network, but if they are not connected for some reason, they can still be useful and can still operate. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, yeah. Cool deal. All
0: right, so now let's uh, shift over to um, Joshua, Lee Council. And I-, I will have to say, you know, again on a not just the entrepreneur side of things but uh joshua was great chatting with because uh very similar to myself uh joshua went on a hiatus from from uh college to pursue this summer's activity and we're not sure how that long that hiatus will go but his mom seems to be like mine and Neither one, I think, was very happy with this decision, but here we are, and we had this chance, and you know, we've we've gone into the entrepreneurial world. Joshua, talk about We Counsel and you know, and your, you know, where you're going with this thing, and uh, what was it about the idea that inspired you to put your college life on hiatus? Yeah, thanks,
5: Craig. Um, again, it was great talking to you too as well at the uh, demo day. Um, we're really Got me involved in this was I had two of my best friends from high school come to me with an idea about um, you know solving a big problem with access to care and continuity of care um, specifically with mental health and we had all been through something that affected us because of mental health. Me specifically, it was my mother who dealt with a debilitating depression for nearly 10 years and so I had to you know witness that as well as you know, feel the pain of that through, with my family. And uh, so when they came to me, it was automatically a no-brainer that I wanted to be part of something that could really do a lot of good for people. Um, you mentioned that uh, I did leave I did leave school. I actually had nine hours left at the University of Georgia, but right now this seems to be the best thing to pursue, and I feel good every day waking up knowing that I'm doing good for a lot of people. Um, you know right now there are about six hundred thousand uh, licensed mental health providers that could actually utilize this service and uh, you know specifically with their uh, missed sessions as well as helping more people as well um, as well as more flexibility with their hours that they can provide their services and uh, we took a we took a poll based research um, and found that a third of Providers out there actually open to using video conferencing as a way to conduct treatment, as well as a third of uh, potential clients, general audience. They too themselves are also open to using video conferencing. So it's really neat to see those numbers, and it's also neat to see the effectiveness of online treatment. Um, just a few days ago, um, well, actually July 31st, um, the Zurich Institute um, had a study that came out. They took two groups of people. Um, you know, uh, going through same similar conditions, um, problems, and they did half the people on video conferencing treatment and half those others through face-to-face in-person treatment. The results were amazing. I mean, both sides got healthier, which is great. Um, 50% of those that did in-person treatment after that three-month period did not need any more help. For those that did it through video conferencing, 53% 53% of them didn't actually need, didn't need any more help. And I think, you know, what, what the the big factor there, I think, is the fact that people can now receive help from the comfort of their own home where they feel comfortable and they can avoid walking into a doctor and, you know, having that, that stigma associated with, oh, that person's going in there, maybe had problems. I don't agree with having a stigma, but because there is a stigma, you know, this is a great way to work around that and to get more people to, you know, receive the help they need.
0: Hmm. Yes, and this is a pretty big problem. I mean, I think across the board, all of the, the, the companies at, um, at Demo Day were identifying rather significant opportunities and very significant issues that need to be addressed. So, you know, hats off to you guys uh, for that. Well, we might have a call coming in in a minute with a question related to, um, Joshua, your your product, but I'll hold off for that. In the meantime, though, I want to uh, introduce the last person on the call, uh, Sam Bowen with uh, Tidbit. Sam, you're there, right? Yes, I am. Excellent. Uh, maybe just get a little more volume there. Uh, I know you're on the road. Um, and again, getting sort of a little sidebar, you know, picture of uh, you know of Sam. He's one of three brothers actually that are working together on this company. And it was an interesting conversation that I had um with one of one of your brothers about the fact that your dad's an entrepreneur. Uh and, and so here we have this, you know, this long, I guess, lineage of of just entrepreneurial souls all in one family who like each other enough to actually spend three months together creating this new product. So I think that's that's pretty awesome in its own right. Uh but but tell us a little bit about um you know, your product, you know, the market, you know, what what do you see as the need? But you probably have, at the end want to talk maybe just a minute about, you know, the the family ties here. I mean, what's it like to have three brothers working together on something like this? Because not all families can do that, you know. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: you are correct on, on that part. Uh, tidbit, uh, we take uh, training social and and mobile. So basically, you know, in many organizations, training is a pain. It's, it's very difficult. And, in fact, in the hospitality industry, there's an incredibly large turnover number of 65% in their staff. So they lose a lot of knowledge, and, and they have to go through a lot of training over and over and over again. And what we do as a company is we have a web and mobile app that allows the employers, such as a restaurant, the zoo, the aquarium, any type of hospitality business, to sort of solidify how they train their employees on the go or in the field, So you wouldn't have to take an employee off the line for long periods of time to sit in front of a computer. They could literally send them sustainability training using mobile devices that they already have on them. Most of your employers don't realize a lot of the employees have smartphones on them, and if you could send them a push notification for basic training updates, they would actually take that over sitting in the classroom for hours on end, being bored, and when they walk out the door, totally forgetting what they just learned. Uh, Mm So we we focus on three key areas. Uh, we make it incredibly easy to capture the training content using a series of videos or, or images or plain text. And then we also allow the employer to measure the quality of, of that, those tidbits or that form of knowledge and training that's being shared amongst employees. So we, you can rate the tidbit as well as you can follow who's viewed certain tidbits, how, how far they've gotten in completing their tidbit training uh, process. And, of course, to keep the employer employees engaged, we put a layer of rewards on top of that where the employer can create unique rewards. It could be like upfront parking, extra lunch hour, more vacation days, something that's not too costly for the employer but very much rewarding for the employee to keep them engaged with creating this themselves. Because even though we're an application platform that that allows people to create the content we really focus heavily on having the employee engage and being an empowering force for the employee so that they can create a form of communication that they never had before with their employer, that either they were too scared or they, didn't, or they weren't that engaged in, in contributing back to the employer as much as it's just a job. But with Tidbit, you sort of empower your employees to, you know, say, well, here's a better way of doing something. Here's a secret that I know. And because you give me a unique award for that, I'll go ahead and share that secret with my coworkers so we kinda we kind of help and you know make the work environment much more conducive to collaboration, you know, like people talk about it all the time, but they never really give you the tools to do it
4: mhm
2: and in fact yeah. in my background i I did training with the superior court judges for years and in, in many occasions, I would have to sit there and actually. You know, write stuff up, and I felt like they never really consumed that content, never really read the PDFs or anything that I put out, and I kept wondering, it like, wouldn't it be really nice if I could just take a short video of it using my phone and shoot them a video, and, and they can just look at it and, and get it right away. And I couldn't find anything that allowed me to do it as easily as I wanted to do it. So we decided to get together with my brothers and create Tidbit.
0: hmm So how cool is it having a whole family of entrepreneurs?
2: Uh, Some days it's cool. Some days it's not because <laughs> we're, <all, laughs> we're all alike in our own little ways, but we have our unique uniqueness to us as well, too, that causes friction sometimes. So these three months have been pretty interesting as far <laughs> as uh, brothers go. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we all have different living habits. You know, some of us are neater than others. Some of us like air oh, conditioning at a certain temperature. Uh, you know, so it's just been an adjustment period because even though we were brothers and we were 10 years apart, each of us, we kind of had our life separated by the fact that my oldest brother was in college when I was in high school, and then I in turn repeated that process. I was in college when brother was in high school. So we never really were in a house at one time together. So that was one of the good thing that was good for my mom, but equally uh, bad for us because now this is the first time we're all living together under one roof. At at Walker Apartments, which was, it was, it started exciting. It ended well, but, you know, we had our moments in between where we were like, okay, I just need to get away from you for a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awe inspiring experience. I'm going to, I'm going to go some more into, um, you know, your, your, each of your respective experiences. Um, one of the guests who actually had the, uh, not one of the guests, one of the audience members who had the checkout, but before he left, he asked the question of Joshua, which is, um, you know, your program or your service is geared toward yeah. obviously reporting, uh, uh, you know. Uh, sorry? Uh. Oh, so, so your product is, you know, is geared toward helping, uh, you know, professionals in the, uh, in, in that healthcare realm, but do you also have ways of supporting? I guess what I call maybe non-official, uh, you know, supporters. Those caregivers who are, you know, their family or their friends, and they take on a fair amount of the responsibility for caring for that person. You know, in addition to the the licensed professional types, is there any way that they would be uh, taking advantage of, of your application, or could take advantage of your application?
5: That's that's one of the first times I've ever heard uh, one of those, or a particular idea like that. And I mean, it seems like a great idea. I can see uh, why a lot of support, having supporters on the system would be great value to people going through treatment and whatnot. But at this current time, we do not have a support system in our product.
0: Okay. We can put that on your to do list for version 2.0. Will do. All righty, Sheldon. I have a question for you. Now, this year's um, demo day had some different features than last year. Um, like For one, there was no winner per se, as there was last year. There was actually uh, There were three winners last year, and they each got uh, uh, cash prizes. So that part was was different. There wasn't that part this year. And then also there wasn't a student track. There, was Like last year you had a groups of student entrepreneurs and then you had teams of, you know, regular, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, entrepreneurs. What did you do differently this year and how, you know, what have you learned by making some of these changes?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, we... Last year, because it was a first-year program, um, we definitely needed more—you know—an ability to make more of a splash, you know, nationally and internationally. And having something like a hundred thousand-dollar cash prize for the winning startup team um, and a fifty-thousand-dollar prize for a winning student is a really lucrative thing to to draw people to Chattanooga to. you know to kick around some ideas the other thing the other reason that it was a it was a competition was because we had this new asset which was a fiber optic grid that that had gigabit capabilities and everybody we ever talked to at that point in time was that's awesome what do you do with it and and we still get that question a lot but um <clears throat> so last year was was very much like a pitch competition around you know what do you do with a gigabit infrastructure and what kind of ideas and businesses can you launch on that um while while this year's is still still similar um we we had one key key difference and that was um think of the gigabit infrastructure as as the the foundation as the as the in, like literally the infrastructure which is what it is um but think of it in terms of its ubiquitousness, and um, and because of that, we weren't we we didn't think that a competition was was a really good way of going uh, of going about that. We actually had interest from uh, sponsors in doing a competition this year, um, but, but the main reason we didn't do it was because we we sensed a loss of collaboration when when you put highly competitive people. Uh, who are naturally that way into a room for three months and they live together for three months. Um, and then you say, and there's $175,000 on the line. Um, it, it just, it, I don't think it had the kind of collaborative feel like it, it needed to and like it could Mm -hmm. have. And so we, we intentionally took the, the competition and, uh, aspect out of it and, you know, it was it was a pretty um, risky move, I think, because it would have been really easy to have repeated the same thing as last year, and I think it would have gone okay. But I'm really, really glad that we did because um, these these teams were there for each other. You know, they if if one team had didn't know you know how to do design, they would get feedback from another team. If they you know had a question on technology, they could go to the CTO of the, the team sitting next to them. And and I just didn't get this I don't think I you could ask the team the teams this, but I didn't get the sense of um, you know, no I'm not telling you because we're competing with you. Um mm-hmm. and that very much was the case last year. Um so so I think that it was it was a really good move to do it that way and, and I think we'll continue on the path that we're doing now, uh where it's it's not competitive but rather collaborative. Um mm-hmm. and, and the different the other difference, um So we still had kind of a student track. Um, Most of the specialists that we had this year were students in college or in graduate school. Um, But last year, they they formed teams and pitched ideas um, in those teams. Um, Instead this year, we, we wanted to focus it more on the startups, and it's about building real businesses for today and not just about ideas for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to facilitate that in the same spirit of why we took away the prize, um, we, we wanted specialists to come in to be able to help the teams, um, you know, build that real business as quickly as possible. And okay. so it, it really was, it, it was more of like hunches and gut feels than data and statistics. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, it was a good decision, um, I I'm sure if you asked everybody there's things that they would change which that's great we'll we'll get better at it next year but uh you know we're we're entrepreneurs running this program so we're going to keep tweaking things until we figure out the right model too we're we're eating our own dog food here
0: excellent woof all right i'm going to take this <laughs> <humor>. <laughs> not only bulgarians have a good sense of humor ivan just let, just so you know <laughs> I kidded Ivan a, uh, a couple of times uh, while was in Chattanooga about our our sense of humor and like how much you can try to get away with just because you're from another country. But in any event, in any event, um, I have a two-parter question. I want each one of you to answer, which is you know, talk for a, a minute about what it's like to work in an environment with you know six other companies. You know, in somewhat very different, but you know, you've got that sort of unique environment there because you're working together as you know groups of startup teams. And also, what is it like working in a gigabit environment? And we'll start with um, with Sam and we'll work our way back to the list.
2: Well, I can say without doubt that I uh, I love every one of my of uh, the, the the teams in there, and I I know love is a strong word, but that's because. Over the weeks, we all develop a, a strong bond with each other on different levels, whether it's, you know, Harrison from we Council asking me about payment platforms or Shane from Forward Health discussing different uh, financing plans that we could take to both raise money for our companies or HutGrip, you know, oh we had lots of laughs about all kinds of different things. Because I, I told uh, HutGrip this They were my idols because when we first started the program, they were the hardest-working hardest, hardest working team there. They were always there on a Saturday, on a Sunday. I would come in random times, and they would still be there working. So I used them as, like, a good example for my team. Like, hey, you know, right now, Ivan and Bogdana, they're all there working, and we're not. And, you know, Susha was another team, and, and Debbie was the funniest person there, in my opinion. We always joked about all kind of different stuff. And when she first got there, she was by herself, and we kept telling her that, no, you don't have a team. You're lying to us, and eventually her whole, her whole team showed up, and and they they took over a whole table. It was like about fifteen of them. They did everything together, like uh, ducks in a in a row. They would always go to meetings together and come back walk in, the, in a line together. And our table mates, uh, Mira, the three young guys from Princeton. I mean, we we all hang out all the time it's when you live and work with someone. You know, over time, you develop strong relationships with them, and, and Mirror was definitely one of them. And even last night before we left town or made our separate ways, I, I know I personally reached out to everyone and said, hey, let's get together and have one last barbecue or dinner or something together, just because I knew I would miss all of them so much. And each person there that, you know, if they pick up the phone and call me right now, I would do whatever I could to help them because I just feel like we've all built that bond. We've all been through something you know, a similar boot camp for Marines are, we all got broken down and built back up to be CEOs, CTOs, team members, people who can function in a highly dysfunctional environment when it comes to trying to do a startup. And and I think nothing can be said better about Sheldon and, and GigTank for all they did to help us make progress. You know, different roadblocks we came into, they would always, Sheldon, Mike, Daniel, Ryan, it would all pull us aside. We would have regular meetings. We could talk about stuff, and, you know, maybe an hour or a day later, there would be some type of solution either face-to-face or via email. And as far as the Gigabit network is concerned, uh, it is, as one of the other members of GigTank said in, in this radio interview uh, last time you had it, smoking fast. Uh, mm-hmm. We had our moments where it, it was up and down, but in general, it was amazing. Um, we were able to download a lot of stuff. I, I actually drive into the office just so that I could work there and jack into the network because we would be moving around a lot of data, video, code, and you would get it in seconds. I mean, you would upload something on one hand and someone said, I'm sending it to you and it's there before they even finish saying that they sent it to you.
0: So I can't (laughs) say
2: enough about about that. Uh, EPD and everyone else that sponsored the the connection did a great job for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Joshua, what's what's your take on, you know, that, that, random group all-come-together working environment and then also working in a gigabit environment?
5: I don't really think I can say much better than Sam did. Um, I, I agree with him on all all those things that he, he mentioned. Um, it was a very fast-paced environment. Uh, you come in, you work as hard as you can, everyone's around you collaborating. Uh, you know, when, when you get the free time, you can hang out, uh, you know, as limited as that was. But... I mean, it was a really good environment. We had great people uh, surrounding us, people with, you know, lots of skills, specialties. And, you know, the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur is you got to let your pride down and be open to others and allow them to mentor you. I think if you can be coachable, then that's, you know, huge. And uh, Mike and Sheldon have done a great job setting up uh, Gig Tank to prepare entre- entrepreneurs for that next step.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, so, so you, so you're satisfied, obviously, definitely a satisfied uh, a customer. Um, Ivan, you know, I know I'm asking you to repeat yourself a little bit from the last time, but you know, what's it like with with this group of you know diverse entrepreneurs, but all sort of you know under one umbrella?
4: Well, honestly, I can give you a. Uh European vision of that because it's a bit different. The culture is different, and for mm-hmm. us, Czech team, I mean, it was really interesting to learn more about the American and culture and the culture here in Chattanooga. So it's a great experience. We learned a lot, and in a sense, I can say it was a competition. How much more we can learn from these guys here, and it was really cool for us. And I think we. We did our best to, to grab the good things from the Chattanooga and the community here. And about the gigabit, well, honestly, you have the gigabit network. It's not an issue anymore. It's something that is given to us. It's there. We can use it. But something, there is something much more important for us, and this is the community. Because you can have the infrastructure, but the community here is great. Actually, only for the last two months, we've been able to have six pilot projects because of the help of all the guys here at Up and Geek Tank Program. So I think it's great, actually. It, 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 I, I clearly remember it was the first week I've, I've been here, and I remember that feeling that I'm already a part of that community. And uh, this is a recommendation for any other citizen, any other startup accelerator programs mm-hmm. You have to build community. You have to give this feeling uh, inside the hearts of the entrepreneurs. This is the most important thing.
0: That that yeah. works for me. That works for me. Shane, what's your take? You know, community of different folks pulling in the same general direction, and you've got a gig at your feet. What what's that like?
3: Well, I, I you know I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, really a city that wants to thrive together has to work together and uh gig tank is is a microcosm of that um of that thought and uh it's just amazing how much you can really accomplish and how quickly you can accomplish those uh things when uh people don't stand in your way but uh rather choose to stand with you um mm-hmm. you know i'm sure you and and your listeners are familiar with the uh with the old saying uh, sharp uh, iron sharpens iron and mm-hmm. uh you know, each team really has A type personalities. So it really pushes you to bring your A game uh every day. And uh as Sam mentioned, weekends included. <laughs> <laughs>
5: um
3: in, in, in terms of uh just working uh in a gig in a gigabyte um, infrastructure, um, you know, obviously you have a lot of quick browsing speed, which for us as a healthcare company it's great for research and uh communication. Uh it enables Organizations to quickly sift through the data haystack, so to speak, and uh, find that needle that's actually responsible for driving uh, cost. Uh, it also just enables massive amounts of data transfer uh, and and also fosters collaboration uh, again with you know between different entities and stakeholders. And uh, as Sheldon had mentioned uh, at the onset of your show, uh of course like the real time updating when, when bandwidth isn't an issue you know being able to get that real time update uh in order to drive better decision making and uh, proactively manage uh otherwise uh profit busting healthcare costs
0: mhm now i want to ask a uh a general question of of everyone and uh, which is uh, you know as a marketing person for technology products which is what I did for 20 years before I got into this whole community broadband space one of my biggest criticism of tech companies was the disconnect between you know the vision that they had for their product versus the reality of the the folks who they thought were gonna use it and sometimes that disconnect is what led many companies to, to failure in Chattanooga you have as a result of this program have the um, opportunity to basically have customers, uh, whether we're talking individuals as customers or, or businesses, like particularly in, in Ivan's case where, you know, you, you were able to go out to manufacturers. What is the value of having the full-on community be part of the, the test bed? And let's, let's start with, um, uh, with Joshua this time.
5: Hey, that's a great question. Um, You know, having the community behind you, you know, much like Ivan said, much like Shane said, you know, there's nothing better than having a community that helps you out. Um, We actually have a company here in town who is on the move to become one of our customers but have have actually agreed to invest into us. And today is actually the day that we uh, settled on that agreement, verbal agreement. And are moving forward on the terms. So it's a really exciting day for WeCouncil. Um, really excited to be able to share that on the air. But, you know, again, this, this, this organization is in the Chattanooga community. And, you know, because of something like Big Tank, we were able to get an article published about us uh, through Edge Magazine. And because of that article, that's where this investor here locally found us. And so, you know, that support is huge. It's, it's, it's a great ecosystem, and it's continuing to grow. And, you know, because of Gig Tank, because of people coming into town and all these startups, I'm seeing it, you know, firsthand, people staying in Chattanooga. It's great for the community, and it's going to continue
4: to grow and grow and grow.
0: Ivan, how's being there with actual working potential customers helped you as far as market knowledge?
4: <laughs> Actually, uh just to, to add a few more words about the community here, uh, you have to know that the, the whole city, at, at least this is my personal feeling that the whole city was aware about the Gift Tank program. And the so people, we met a lot of people, oh, you're in that gig Tank program, oh, you're doing something with the manufacturer. So it's, it's not the community around the Gift Tank program, program, it's the community in the city, the whole city actually. So this is something important, I think. Uh, Again, thanks to that community, we were able to to talk with a lot of manufacturers, uh, local associations, and uh, our goal number one here in Chatham for the last three months was to validate our idea with real customers, real clients, real pilot projects. So from day one, our focus was we have to go out there, we have to speak with these guys. We have to know them. We have to know their business. We know have we have to know their needs, and we have six pilot projects. That's all. Mm-hmm. The results are yeah.
0: <laughs> so Shane, were you able to get um, direct market feedback from you know just average everyday folks who might be the kinds of people that you're trying to sell this service to and for?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know. Day one, we really wanted to uh, avoid the lab mentality. Uh, Often entrepreneurs, uh, you know, lock themselves away and and, uh, work, you know, incredibly hard on on their products without actually uh, getting any sort of feedback from their potential customers, uh, thinking that they know best, uh, when in fact they really know jack. Um, One of uh, (laughs) the mentors... uh, uh, with uh, Lyft, uh, uh, 1428, a 1428, a healthcare innovation company in town, um, actually mentioned something that, that has stuck with me, and it's, uh, you know, prototype as if you're right and listen as if you're wrong. Um, so get something, you know, built and put it out there and allow people to uh, tell you what they like, what they don't like, and iterate off of that. And, and Tank, uh really before... You know, you come in with your idea, uh an idea perhaps even of, of a way to sell this uh this product that you've been thinking about, and uh they tell you, okay, stop coding, stop working, get out there and start talking with some customers and you're you know, kinda like, ah, you know, I don't have a I don't have a product yet or it's it's not it's not perfect. And uh really they embrace that uh that thought of uh not allowing perfect to be the enemy of the good. Um, and makes- just really, uh,
0: I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead.
3: Sorry. Oh, I, I was just going to say, and they they really uh, uh, embrace uh, agile product development. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, we we avoided a lot of uh, uh, landmines uh, that could have really set us back or even destroyed uh, Ford Health. Uh, and and just embracing that that whole process uh, really enabled us to uh, to be where we are today and to be experiencing the level of success we are uh currently.
0: Excellent. Now Sam, you you gave uh you gave the presentation for uh Tidbit, and I believe it was you. You you had the example of Sarah, right? That was you? Yes I did. That
4: and was Sarah me. That is was from,
0: me. From Chattanooga.
2: Sarah is uh the the identity that we created to protect a real customer of ours. Okay. Um, okay. And before I even say anything about that, I want to say that the community has been more than awesome for us, and in fact, it was really Sheldon and my mentor that I got via Gig Tank, Jay Haviland, that basically gave me the keys to a bunch of customers that we ended up signing up towards the end of the program, customers like the Chattanooga Visitors Bureau, the Hunter Museum, Fork and Pie, Flying Squirrel and Brewhouse, that all, you know, before we sat down and started going deeper into what exactly our, our app did, we just had a casual conversation, they were like, yeah, Sign us up. We want to really work with you all. We think you're solving a big need for us. It's a huge problem. And one of the customers that I just listed was the the real story behind Sarah. And we didn't want to really put our customer's information out there like that, so we just created the the student name of Sarah. But everything I said and everything I talked about really did happen for that particular restaurant. And then she went through the similar problem, and we're beginning the process of helping her solve a lot of those problems right now.
1: Mm-hmm. with her being one of
2: our pilot customers.
1: Excellent. But the community,
2: has, I I, can't, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I really want to stay in Chattanooga. I've, even though I live in Atlanta, I've made a personal commitment to at least spend a significant amount of our time in Chattanooga. We're a Tennessee company. We're headquarters in Chattanooga, and that's not going to change. And it's because of the community that I feel like this has given us the best opportunity to not only shape our product, because they did, in fact, help shape our product. Because I will not, I will not tell you that, we had a perfect idea of what a tidbit would be when we first started. In fact, we started in retail, ventured into Shane's world of, of healthcare, care, and quickly found out it's a tough nut to crack, so I, I my hat's off to Shane for what he's doing. And then we ventured out of that and went back into some type of retail, and we figured out, oh, hospitality was not only near and dear to our hearts because each one of us as brothers have experience in the hospitality industry, but it was a really huge problem with their five percent turnover rate and being able to Effectively help them train their employees was something that was very attractive to us because we were really mm-hmm. solving real problems for real customers.
0: I'm going to uh, jump jump on a soapbox here for just a second, soap. So be be patient with me, folks here. And but for our audience, basically our audience are a lot of people who are planning uh, to build. Broadband networks, or they've already built networks, and they're expanding them. A lot of folks who listen to the show are Trying to figure out how do you drive broadband adoption? How do you get people who aren't familiar with technology to adopt technology? I have to say that one of the great things about The the demo day experience was the quality of the presentations, and I also should mention that uh, U.S. Ignite had uh, some folks on on stage as well in the morning who were demoing uh, their products, right? But collectively, the ability for these presenters to make what is complex and often boring to listen to technology made it very simple for the audience to understand and to understand what the value is That skill set is crucial, I don't care if you're trying to convince city council to approve budget for a network, whether you're trying to get, um, you know, underserved communities, people who have given up on the system to, to become concerned about and become adopters of broadband technology. This ability to communicate complex technology in a way that makes sense for the average person Is is monumental I I guarantee you none of you out there will have success unless you can master this art of telling a story That's one of those things that you know as a marketing person I learned from mentors early on you're basically telling a story so that the person listening can identify and those of us in Technology have a triple you know troublesome uh, trial trying to do this because the, the, the technology is often very boring and it's esoteric and you have to make it real. So now, and like I said, I, all of you guys here um, gave excellent presentations and I've, and, I've, and I've talked to you one-on-one about your presentations, I think, for, for most of you. But I would say the one thing about um, Sam's presentation that just I sat there and was total awe was he introduced Sarah and basically Sarah became real for everybody that was sitting in that audience and her problem that she was trying to address became real and the solution and why the solution helped her solve her problem was real. And her Mm -hmm. gratitude at having found the solution, uh, was very real. So, you know, I don't know if this is archived somewhere on, you know, all the demo day presentations. but if you can find it, you know, go and watch all of these presentations. But, you know, the one thing I would leave everybody with is, you know, remember Sarah, you know, find your own Sarah story to tell. I don't care if you're selling to an enterprise because I know a couple of you have products that are for the inter- for the enterprise. Some of you have products that are for individuals. There has to be a Sarah. You know, we are trying to sell broadband technology supposed to change the world, and that stuff is just boring as all get out. Bob Metcalf, you know, the inventor of Ethernet, and Ethernet is about as boring as you can get in terms of of uh, plumbing. But that man is funny, and he's engaging, and he's inspiring all at once because he knows how to tell a story. Now, with that said, I'm going to get off my soapbox and and continue this uh, discussion. Um, Another question I have is, um, you know, what would you envision would happen if there were, say, five or ten cities of various sizes that all had a gigabit network but they were all linked to each other, you know, technologically speaking, via the via the gigabit, so that you could have gig tanks happening, say, in five different locations. So in essence, instead of having uh, the t- the seven teams, you would have maybe 35 teams. And obviously, you're not working together 24/7 in the same way. But there was a point made during uh, I don't know one of the after demo meetings or or, or conversations. That what has to happen next is that we've got to get cities linked together. Do you? And I'll start with. gonna start with. This. We'll start with Shane. Um, what would you envision would be the outcome if that were the case? Mm-hmm. If if there was a gig tank that just tied a bunch of teams together across the country.
3: Well, Craig, uh, you know, first and foremost, obviously, there'll be a whole lot more collaboration. Um, you know, and whenever you can get those bright minds. Uh, across gigabyte speed, where communication is really not a, a, a barrier to innovation, uh, you're going to see a lot of new angles. Uh, for instance, today uh, we just saw uh, innovation take place right on your show uh, with a caller who uh, gave Joshua and his team uh, another idea to you know launch into uh, version 2.0. And so we we don't know uh, what exactly uh, WeCouncil 2.0 might look like. Uh, but i'm sure excited to to see you know what it's gonna look like now uh with that you know next layer of innovation uh so of course uh you know collaboration would be uh uh much more uh uh amped up uh see i think something you would also begin to see is uh and sheldon kind of mentioned this is the uh kind of the specialization begin to take place, and perhaps you might see uh teams merge into like a super team or something along those lines and be able to say, okay, well, we don't have somebody who's quite as skilled in say this programming language, uh, but our technology could really use, uh, or take advantage of this particular platform, uh, which utilizes this programming language. Now that we have somebody, uh, on our team where again, communication is not a barrier, um, to collaboration and innovation, uh, you know, perhaps we can, you know, begin to expand our service offering or or what have you, uh, or product line into uh, that are onto this platform or, or something along those lines. So, uh, who who knows? Sky's really the limit. But uh, that's that's a real interesting thought.
0: Okay, we have we have gone rather long actually with this show, and I know that that a bunch of you guys need to to roll on. So I'm going to let uh, Sam get the last word on this particular question, and then we're going to have to say goodbye. As much as I want to talk more, and I will I undoubtedly will have you guys back at some point in, in the future. You know, individually as you as you proceed along. But uh but Sam in, in that world of you know four or five gigabit cities all linked together and there are multiple gig tanks going on, what would you see the what would you see as the outcome of something like that?
2: I would see the ability for the teams to to follow up on what Shane's saying, the collaboration mm-hmm. factor, but to take it to a next level of distribution because I think that's the biggest thing with all of us as teams we're really trying to form companies, and if you really want to have a successful company, ultimately you have to have your product in the hands of your customers. So I would want to have some way where we have a good pipeline set up where we can bundle our products together because even Shane and I have discussed this in the past, creating tidbits that can be put in the Ford Health platform, and vice versa when Shane's speaking to a customer about Ford Health, uh, you know, he can talk about tidbit.co. So we would want to see something like that. In in, in our in our opinion, as founders of Tidbit would be like if we were a part of like a network of accelerators that then the accelerators together would form a, a, a pipeline directly to these companies, larger companies that could use our products immediately. Because every one of the the companies that was in Gig Tank this year, I truly do see where their products could be used. I would potentially be the customer of some of them. In fact, I was one of the people that was uh, using Shane's product, Forward Health, where I'm, I was, my Fitbit was feeding data to Ford Health. So I could see where we could collaborate a lot better, and I also have a, a direct pipeline to customers so that we can be successful companies. And I, that would be amazing if, if that was the case. I think a lot of companies would gravitate towards all these accelerators because they know we have innovative ideas that work well in the broadband future and The future is happening here. It's happening right now. Not only in Chattanooga, but all these other cities that other broadband networks are being set up that you know that go beyond multimedia streaming. But there's so many different things that we can do to impact individual lives every day. That I'm just in awe of it happening, and I can't wait till it's it's more widespread. To be honest with you. Excellent. And thanks for having us.
0: Oh sure, no problem. And with that, we're going to wrap today. I want to thank all of our um, guests. Uh, some of you have, have, have linked in from other parts of the, uh, the southeast there as you've migrated away to your next chore and next challenge and so forth. And, uh, but it's been great listening to the stories and understanding what went on and how well the whole Gig Tank program worked. Uh, and I know you guys are busy. Uh, you know, I, I just can't say enough. Much continued success. Um, I hope our audience really enjoyed this show today, and uh, and and stay with us. We're going to keep on bringing on the hits here on Gigabit Nation. Next Monday, we will have uh, folks on from Utopia, the broadband project in, uh, in in Utah, and they're going to have some interesting uh, details and a progress report on what's going on with their network there. So, everybody uh, in our audience and guests, thank you very much, and we will talk again soon. Thank you, Craig. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Greg.